Colossians chapter 3. We're going to read verses 12 through 17, Lord willing. Let's pray, and then we'll jump in. God, we come to you tonight, and I pray that in these few minutes we, we give you our heart, we give you our undivided attention. Dear Lord, we come in here, and God, we tired and we wore out from the storm and just all the COVID over the last year, and God, just the normal stresses of life with work and doctor's visits and just just junk that we go through, dear Lord. I pray that you just help us, God, that you give us strength both tonight and, and every day, God. We need it. We need your help to be able to get through physically and mentally and emotionally, dear Lord. We need you to just fill us up, and I pray that you do that through your word, and I pray that you just help me to do a good job tonight, and I pray that you're glorified in everything we say and that we see these words of yours, we hear these words of yours, and I pray that your Holy Spirit would just work through them. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What we've seen up to this point in the book of Colossians is, is a big focus on Jesus. Paul has really pounded the point home that everything revolves around Jesus. Everything comes through Jesus. Everything is for Jesus. And so our focus needs to be on Jesus. That's what he had said uh, in the previous chapters. He had built up to that. And here at the beginning of chapter 3, he talks about, look, you have been raised with the Messiah. He's talking to Christians here. And if we're Christians, if we're followers of Jesus Christ, the words here are good for us too. If you have been raised with the Messiah, then there's a certain way that your life needs to be lived. If you have been raised with the Messiah, your life is hidden in the Messiah. The Messiah is your life. So Jesus is to be everything for us. He is to be our life, and everything we do in our life is to be for Him. And so if we have been raised with the Messiah, then we need to make sure He is number one in our life, and that needs to affect the way we live. Before we were raised with the Messiah, we were sinners. But if we have been raised with the Messiah, we have put off our old self. That's what Paul says at the beginning of chapter 3. Don't do all the old junk anymore you used to do. Don't lie and cheat and steal and drink and cuss and act a fool and have anger in your heart and bitterness and hatred and all these other things that we have. Paul says you've got to leave those things in the past because you are a new creation. You're a new life in Christ. You need to... Put on Jesus Christ. That's what we saw at the beginning of this passage. And then he goes on to say, toward the beginning of chapter 3, and if you are in Christ, all who are in Christ are in Christ. And that's what determines who you are. There are no other distinguishing factors. When you come to Christ, it doesn't matter if you are tall or short, black, white, yellow, pink, purple. It doesn't matter if you are rich, if you are poor. It doesn't matter. Because those who are in Christ, there is one thing that separates them, that makes them different. There is one commonality, and that is that they have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that matters. That's the only thing that, that makes a difference. So we don't worry about the old things that we were. We don't worry about where we're from, what we look like, what we do, how smart we are, how dumb we are. We don't worry about those things because our identity our identity is not in those things. 
our identity is in Christ. And that's a very important message for our world to hear today. We talked about this a few weeks ago, but I'll repeat it just for a moment. Everybody talks about this is how I identify. I identify as this. I identify as that. But what Paul says is if we are in Christ, we identify as Christ. We identify as God's children. We identify as followers of Jesus Christ. That is our identity. And so when we see people, we don't have to tell them, I'm black, white, Cuban, Asian. We don't have to tell them, I'm rich, I'm poor. We don't have to tell them, I'm tall, I'm short. We tell them, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And that defines who we are. That determines who we are. And that's what Paul says. It doesn't matter where you are, Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised. It does not make a difference. And then he goes on to say in the verses we're going to look at tonight in verse 12. Now, in light of the fact that Jesus is at the center of everything, therefore, he says, put off all the old stuff. Know that you are in Christ with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And then he says another therefore in job, uh, verse 12. Therefore, God's chosen ones, he's talking to Christians here still, holy and loved, put on heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So he's already told us in the verses prior to take off our old self, all the sinful things. And he's encouraging Christians, telling them, don't, don't do these things. Remember, these things are in the past, but do these other things instead. If you are in Christ, you are holy and you are loved by God. Praise the Lord. That's good news. We are holy and loved. And he says to put on heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, this list is not too different from the list of the fruits of the Spirit that we see in the book of Galatians. These are the characteristics that those of us who are in Christ need to have. Maybe we need to make a little note here. We need to take a few minutes and say, okay, I want to go and I want to look at this list. And I want to see, do I have these things going on in my life? Do I have heartfelt compassion for people? Do I see people who are in need and walk by them and not care? Or do I see that need and think, man, I, I really feel for that person. I want to do something for that person. Do we have that compassion in our life? Kindness. Humility. Now we can look at this list and we gauge for ourselves. I don't know anybody's heart. You don't know my heart. I don't know yours. I don't know what you go through. But maybe you look at some of these things and you say, boy, I'm a little proud. Maybe you look at these things and you say, man, I'm not, I'm not very gentle. Maybe I'm a little harsh. There are probably times that we are all a little proud and we are all a little harsh. Patience, that's a tough one, right? And so we need to say, God, give me patience. And this is what Paul says, this is how we are to be and live if we are in Jesus Christ. And he goes on in verse 13. Accepting one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. So he gives us a list of things. Hey, here's some things you need to do. You need to be gentle, kind, compassionate, and all these things. Oh, and don't forget, you also need to forgive other people. And do you know why you need to forgive other people? Because you have been forgiven by God. Now, this is a theme that we see a lot in Scripture, especially here in the New Testament, this idea of forgiveness, that we are to forgive others as God has forgiven us when we went through the uh, uh, Lord's Prayer a few weeks ago. 
That's part of the Lord's Prayer. Lord, forgive me as I forgive others who have sinned against me. We see that theme come along here. Paul's given us a good list of things that we need to look at. Act this way. Live this way. Forgive other people. Don't forget that you yourselves are forgiven. And what does he conclude with here in this section in verse 14? Above all, put on love the perfect bond of unity. Now, above all, this is kind of separated. Do all of these things. But above all, most important of all, all these things I told you to do, you need to do them. But above all, make sure you love one another. Now that's not so different from 1 Peter 4.8. It says, above all, maintain an intense love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. The same idea, the same type of language that Peter uses, we see Paul using here in Colossians. So he says, these are all things you need to do. The gentleness and the kindness and the compassion and the forgiveness. These are things you need to do. But above all, you need to love one another. Love is, 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 that, is that thing that holds the rest of those things together. Because without love, we're really nothing. Because God loves us, and when we experience that love, we love others. And that love is what drives us to, to do things that, 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 that need to be done for other people and in service of the Lord. We talked about that Sunday, for God so loved the world. It was God's love that drove him to an action. An action, what was his action? To give his only begotten son. For what reason? That whosoever believeth in him shall have everlasting life. And so love was the motivation. Well, that should be our motivation. We love folks. What does that motivate us to do? It motivates us to do what we can to be there for them, to love them. Why? Because we want a relationship. And so love is the thing that holds everything together and, and pulls everything together. Now, if you were to take, let's say, a couple of cups of flour, a little baking soda, some sugar, maybe a little brown sugar, some chocolate chips, and you were to stir them in a bowl, what would you have? You'd have a mess. You couldn't scoop them out. You couldn't pat them out. If you baked them, they wouldn't be worth eating. Because you ain't got nothing but a bunch of random ingredients. But if you add some eggs to it and a little bit of butter, guess what? Now you've got chocolate chip cookies. But you've got to have all the ingredients. All the other ingredients are good, but you've got to have those eggs. You've got to have a little bit of butter because that's what binds everything together. That's what makes it where you can squeeze it out and pat them out. And if you don't have all the ingredients... Or you add ingredients that shouldn't be in there, guess what? You ain't going to have good cookies. Now, Michelle's a good cook. She's only made two bad things in the seven years that we've been married. When we first got married, she decided she was going to make cookies, and she put all those things in there. She put the flour, and she put the baking soda, and she put the sugar and the brown sugar, and she put the eggs, and she put the butter, and she put a little bit of oil in there. Uh-oh. Them cookies come out as flat and shiny as you ever seen. It was the most pitiful looking cookies. You have to stick with the ingredients that the Bible says. Put all the ingredients and no extra ingredients. And if we stick with these ingredients that Paul gives us, the love, the compassion, the kindness, the gentleness, and above all, don't forget the love because it's going to bind it all together. It's going to keep it all together. Above all, put on love the perfect bond, 
the bond of unity. Now, we need to remember that in our marriages, in our families, in our churches. Because there can be hard times, there can be bad times, there can be tough times. But there's one thing that will hold every relationship together, and it is love. There's one thing that will bond broken relationships, and it is love. And that's why Paul says, look, above all, put on love. It's the perfect bond of unity. And so if we want to be united as brothers and sisters in Christ in this church and in our world, we must love one another. If we love one another as a church, guess what? Everything's going to be good. If we don't love one another, it ain't going to be good. It's what bonds us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Verse 15. And let the peace of the Messiah, to which you were also called in one body, control your hearts. Be thankful. Let the peace of the Messiah, to which you were called. Man, that's good, ain't it? We were called to peace. God called us to peace. Not to chaos. Not to the burden of sin. Not to the worries of the world, but God called us to peace in Jesus Christ. Now, this is a verse that's good for me to hear. I don't know about you guys, but there are lots of times that, man, my mind is kind of chaotic. Our lives are kind of chaotic. We get to going and doing, and there's so much stuff going around, and there's burden and worry and fear and shame and just all the stuff that we have to do in life, all the obligations we have with work or school or grandkids or whatever it may be. And man, sometimes we may not experience much peace. Well, that, when, when that occurs, that means the devil's doing a pretty good job because what God desires for us is peace. That's what he calls us to in the Messiah. What the devil calls us to is chaos. That's a beautiful verse there. And let the peace of the Messiah to which you are also called in one body control your hearts. We are all one body in Jesus Christ. We are all individual parts with individual gifts, but we are one body. How is that body bound together? It is bound together with love because love is the perfect bond of unity. So Paul reminds us here, we are one body, we are saved by the Messiah for peace. We were called to peace. And what's he say there in that last sentence of that verse? Real simple, be thankful. Real simple, be thankful. Maybe we need to remember that. Maybe we are thankful, praise the Lord if we are. Maybe we're not. Maybe we're spoiled. Power goes out in the middle of the storm. We got a house to live in. Still got food to eat. I think every one of us in here had a generator. Was we thanking God? Maybe we were. Maybe we wasn't. Maybe we were saying, I hope I get these lights back on. I'm tired of not having any lights. Maybe that's what we was doing. Maybe we need to be thankful. We have so much. We have so much stuff. We are so blessed. 
that I think we forget to be thankful for the little things. And the things that we call little things are things that in most places in the world would be a big deal. And we take them for granted because we got so many of them. As the song says, count your blessings, name them one by one. Maybe we need to do that literally. Might not be a bad idea. I've never done that. Maybe I need to do it. Maybe you need to do it. Sit down and say, okay, God, here's what I'm thankful for. I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about the little stuff. Because God is good to us. He saved our soul through Jesus Christ, praise the Lord. If we ain't got nothing else to be thankful for, that's enough, right? What more do we need? If we're living out in the woods naked, rubbing sticks together to make a fire, but our soul has been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, you know we can do it at the end of the day. Say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, I got two sticks to rub together. But we have to be reminded of that because we, we complain. We have to, or I, I won't speak for you, I have to fight against it because I find my, myself grumbling and complaining about little things when really we should look at the one big thing that matters and that is Jesus Christ. And as Paul says, be thankful. Verse 16. Let the message about the Messiah dwell richly among you. Well, that's what we do when we, when we come together, when we read God's Word personally, when we come together corporately as a, as a group of believers in Christ. We are, we, are, we are dwelling on the Word of God so the Word of God can dwell on us and dwell in us. Let the message about the Messiah dwell richly among you. For what purpose? What does the message about the Messiah do? Teaching and admonishing one another... That's good. We like, to be, we like to be taught. We don't really like to be admonished. We don't, we don't really like to be gotten on to, uh, but sometimes we need to. But we read God's Word, and it teaches us, praise the Lord. Hopefully it teaches us the things we need to know, like how to be wise and how to be patient and how to be gentle and how to be humble. But there are also times where it teaches us that maybe we're a little prouder than we should be. Maybe we're not focused on the Lord the way we should be. And so we dwell on the Word of God so that the Word of God can dwell in us so that it can teach us and admonish us in all wisdom and singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. That's kind of what we do every time we come to church. We sing songs together. We get into the Word of God. That's what we do. We praise the Lord and we say, God, I want to hear your word. I want it to help me grow. I want, me to, I, I want to be closer to you. I want it to help me, God, to be the man, to be the woman you want me to be. And we do all this with gratitude in our hearts. Hopefully, hopefully when we come to church, our heart is better when we leave than it was when we came. Now, maybe your heart was good when you came. I hope it was. Or maybe your heart was burned down. Maybe your heart was full of worry. Maybe your heart was angry. Maybe your heart was mad. Maybe your heart was sad. Maybe you come here tonight, you sing some songs, you're around people that love you, you're reminded that God loves you, you hear God's word, and maybe you leave here tonight and you say, 
Thank you, God. Thank you that we got to sit in the air conditioner, even though it was a little colder in there than I like. Thank you that the power's back on, and thank you that I either got to eat a meal before I come, and that I'm going to eat a meal when I get home. Maybe you don't do both. Maybe you ate before you come and eat when you leave. Be thankful. Hopefully, when we leave here, there'll be a little joy in our heart, the same way there's a little food in our belly. Verse 17. Now listen to this now. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And whatever you do, everything you do, what is everything? Everything is everything. Whether it's something you say or whether it's an action you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everything we do, we do it for the Lord. Hopefully. But not always, right? Sometimes we like to do stuff for us. Sometimes we do things not so God will get the glory. Sometimes we maybe want a little glory ourselves. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Maybe you do, though. Maybe you do like that little pat on the back when somebody tells you you've done something good. Whatever we do, whatever we say, it should not be to boast in ourselves. It should not be to make ourselves look good. And oh, the devil will try to want you to look good. Oh, it'll be okay. But everything we do, we should do it for the Lord. We should do it for the glory of Jesus Christ. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. There's that giving thanks again. Why do we give thanks? We give thanks because of Jesus. We give thanks because we are forgiven. This is a good passage we looked at tonight. There is a lot of good stuff here in this passage to consider. I hope that the Holy Spirit can use some of it as we go about our life this week and in the weeks to come. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you and we thank you for these good words. God, I pray that we would seek you. I pray that we'd put you first and I pray that you'd help us because maybe some of these things we talked about today, we need to work on. We need to grow in. God, maybe things in our life aren't bound together in the perfect bond of unity because maybe there's not enough love. Maybe there's not enough forgiveness. Maybe there's too much pride. Whatever it may be, God, help us to seek you. Help us to grow in you. And God, I pray that we would find the peace that you offer. Help us to find the peace in the middle of the madness and the chaos. Dear Lord, it's tough. But I pray that you would help us all to, to feel that here in this church, not just the ones that are here tonight, but the ones that weren't able to make it. God, bring peace and love in this church that we can be about your work and about your will so that everything we do, God, will be for your glory, that we would not look for that pat on the back ourselves, that we would not seek that people would see us, but that we would remember to do it and to point people to you in all we do. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen.